The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Mansplaining, Anton. Sure, women have been talking to men that way forever. The reason we're talking mansplaining is uh, it's obviously the, the term first appeared, I think, back in 2018. It's now transferred into 34 different languages and apparently is endemic. At least uh, this is according to Geraldine Herbert, who is the motoring editor and, of course, columnist with the uh, independent group, who says and has said in a recent column that she is a regular victim of being mansplained too. Ger, explain yourself. Yeah, look, mansplaining is, I suppose, the term comes from men explaining things to women. It's predominantly women, but I mean, men mansplain each other, women mansplain men. It does, but predominantly it is women who get it. And I suppose my experience is in motoring that motoring is one of those things that men just think, women, how could they possibly know something about that? So I do regularly on Twitter get all sorts of things explained about what an electric car is, how the battery works, just very basic things that after 20 years in motoring, if I didn't know, I wouldn't be in this job. So, um, yeah, but on on a serious note, I I suppose I discovered talking to women who worked in male dominated industries that it's a really key feature of their life. And it is very much rooted in this gender bias that only certain genders can do things. Now, what's the difference between mansplaining and common or garden condescension? Because is it just that the people who tweet you or who mansplain in the industries that you outline, they do it to everybody, men and women included? Or is it just that the victims are always female? I think what mansplaining really is, regardless of who's doing it, is explaining to somebody who, first of all, didn't ask for an explanation and secondly, assuming that they don't have any knowledge on this. And I think that's what's co- that's what's different. It's a it's a term that's bandied about and it's a, it's a much maligned term in, in ways. But in my definition, it is really I didn't ask for this information and I didn't need it. And I think that's what mansplaining is. And that's the difference. And a, a good example that I found and I use this in the article was um, Zoe Kleinman is the BBC technology editor. And I actually got to know. Zoe on Twitter through mansplaining because we both compared our experiences. And herself and a male colleague set up an experiment where they both tweeted basically the same thing, but slightly different in terms of the wording. He got loads of positive reaction. She got the same thing explained back to her and told her she was wrong. Now, that's the same information coming from two reputable BBC journalists, but one is female and one is male and one is told, great idea, the other, not so good. I remember talking a while ago to a, a woman who runs a, a very significant business and she said that it is worse in certain nations than it is others. And she said one of the things that she really finds useful is she will bring a male colleague as an assistant. And in certain cultures, they talk almost exclusively to him. She said it gives great breathing room to decide what you're going to do in relation to the deal because they never work out where the actual power lies until Who's it's the buyer, late. yeah. So what do you do to combat it? Um, I think there's a number of ways. Look, I think in the end of the day, the more women who work in industries that are not expected to work in and that they're, they're not seen as female, the more we challenge these roles. And I think that's the start, really. I think... You know, education from a young age that boys can do the same as what girls can do and girls can do these things. You know, these are kind of things that are just, they're cultural almost. But in terms of on a daily basis, most times I ignore it to be honest, because there's no point. I'm not going to challenge Why do you not take it on? Why do you not say, listen, come here? It depends on it. Sometimes it's just not worth the hassle. Other times I will say, listen here, you know, are you having a laugh? Ask me a question like that. But I'll tell you, I'd be spending my entire day on Twitter if I was to challenge it all the time. So, but I think it depends on the case. But, um, you know, I I, I think it's a societal thing. It's a gender, it's a culture thing. And I think hopefully we'll move you know, towards being more accepting of the fact that, you know, anybody can do any job. Is it predominantly social media or do you get it to your face? 
Um, certainly when I first came into motoring, I would have got it to my face. Now I find it's like these random strangers on social media. It gives so much access and so much. It's so easy to do that now that you're much more vulnerable to that. And you're much more open. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, the old keyboard warrior, it's very easy to be rude. I wonder what people say the things they say on Twitter to me, to my face. But yeah, certainly I would have had experiences of it in the early days in motoring. You know, and like stupid things like I would have gone to a press conference and been asked for the press release and you go, no, actually, I'm the journalist. I'm not the PR person. So, you know. And I assume it is it is prevalent as well in almost any industry that is perceived to be a largely male one. I was talking to some of the guys uh, this morning before the um, show came on air and they were saying that for women working, particularly in, in sports journalism, there's a huge challenge with that, where there's a sort of a sense of what can you know by virtue of your gender? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Kathleen McNee from Off the Ball contributed to my piece. And she said she's constantly having men kind of testing her knowledge and asking key questions to see if she's the right answer. Like, that's ridiculous, you know, doing your job and being then put under this kind of constant scrutiny. And that's, you know, that's certainly not unheard of. So... Is it mostly in relation to technical things? Because let's say it is the motoring stuff. Is it that guys want to prove that they know the engineering side or is it anything at all to do with motoring? Oh, no, I think it's anything at all to do with motoring. Like I've had, I I genuinely have had people ask, you know, asking me, did I know that electric cars are very heavy? You go, really? You're joking? (laughs) God, I'm so glad I came on Twitter to tell me that because I never would have known. Like really basic stuff like that where you go, you know, seriously. Our producer, Sue Murphy, who has uh, spent a long time producing on Off the Ball, has just put through a question to me, which is, do you know the offside rule? I'm I'm not admitting that on air, whether or not I know the offside rule, Sue. Um, so when the, the it, it gets to the point of annoying you, do you, do you ever react? Do you ever challenge? Is there an advantage to reacting? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can, sometimes when you do challenge somebody, you realise that they just didn't take the time to find out who you were before they responded. And now they realise, oh, actually, you know, she might have a tiny bit more knowledge on this subject than me. Um, Other times you just end up frustrating yourself because you dig yourself in deeper and you realise this person is just not worth arguing with. Now, let me tiptoe into this carefully for the purposes of devil's advocating. Is there any possibility that the same thing goes in the other direction? That if it is an area or a a profession where women are seen to be the experts in it, that they are just as likely to condescend men in that context as vice versa? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. And I'd say, you know, men talking about parenting roles or whatever, probably get backlash from going how would you know anything and whatever so it does as I said men do it to men women do it to women women do it to men but predominantly it is a male thing hence the term mansplaining and as I said I'm very clear on it it's when you know the information is not required and not needed you know so it's it's information we just don't want here's an interesting text text saying in my first job in radio my first slot a bag of nerves just about to go on air and a helpful colleague said you know, people don't like listening to women on air. A little part of me died. However, it all went upwards from there and it is not true. I have been told that. I was, I remember many years ago at a, a being presented research, market research, to oh, yeah. say women's voices were not credible. I, yes, could, so I couldn't believe A, that somebody mm. had asked the question and B, that even if you got, even if a focus group gave you that answer, you yeah. bury it like nuclear waste. You don't share it with people. Yeah, but I mean, who decided to do the focus group in the first place? Who did they pick? I mean, there's so many questions, but definitely that's the thing. There's certain roles in life where there's a gender bias. And, you know, if you step outside of that, you open yourself up to this. And did you know that it first appeared in the Oxford English Dictionary in 20... (laughs) (laughs) Geraldine Herbert, thank you so much for coming in. That is the one and only Ger Herbert, who is the motoring editor and columnist with the Sunday Independent and Independent Group. 
The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.